Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartenized. Today's episode, The Atheists Are Coming For Your Children. In America, fundamentalist Christians have controlled way too much of our society and our culture and especially our politics for the past 30 years. One place, though, where they've failed miserably is in making society continue to reject gays. Homosexuals are evil, of course, in their book, but in polite society, it's now considered kind of a non-issue. I know personally there's only one person whose sexuality I'm interested in and I'm married to her. And I really don't care what somebody else's sex life is. I, However you want to amuse yourself with your own genitalia and the genitalia of willing partners, none of my business. I do think people should draw the line at goats. But in picking friends, that's something I don't even consider. It's trivial. It doesn't involve me. It's none of my business. And it doesn't matter. Atheists have compared themselves to gays as far as coming out of the closet, letting people see who they are, letting people know that they're atheists, and working toward acceptance and tolerance of atheism. And the fundamentalists are furious. They look at the New York Times bestseller list and they see books like God is Not Great and The God Delusion and letters to a Christian nation selling millions of copies, and it scares them. They're already scared that gays want to convert their children to gayness. Well, that's just basically, they don't understand that being gay is genetic, and they simply won't accept that, so they think it's something that you can convert people to. And you've got to understand where they're coming from. These people are in the conversion business. They have seen firsthand People change their lives dramatically, sometimes change their whole personalities as they adopt fundamentalist Christianity. And so they're afraid of other people doing that to their kids. Now, in the case of gays, that's not going to happen. But in the case of atheists, it could. In fact, a lot of atheists kind of want to proselytize. They want to convert other people because... They want to be around people that are ruled by logic and reason and science rather than by superstition. So in this case, this fear of the atheists converting your children, that's a legitimate one. But I'm a fair-minded kind of guy. And so the rest of this show I'm going to direct strictly to fundamentalist Christians and tell you what you can do to protect your kids from evil atheists like me. Most fundamentalists raise their kids to believe that the earth is 6,000 years old. They teach them that polar bears and koala bears and grizzly bears and 450,000 separate and distinct species of beetles all lived within walking distance of Noah's house. And quite often when those kids get out into the real world, they say, wow, this is bullshit. And they reject it and reject everything that went along with it. Whereas 
people in more moderate religions, people in religions that are more attuned to reality, they may teach their kids that, well, yes, we know evolution happened, but God used it. Well, there really isn't any proof for that, but it lines up with reality a lot more. And when those kids get out, they're more likely to keep their religion. Teaching them the strict anti-science fundamentalist point of view isn't all that successful. Just based on my own completely unscientific and personal observation, it tends to work about 25-30% of the time. Not a very good target rate, because a lot of fundies just get out and wise up and leave. So the first thing that you can do is you can get a little smarter yourself and teach your kids a little bit more moderate beliefs. The second mistake that you make is tied right up in your description, your evangelical Christians, you want to evangelize. In the real world, in 3D meat space, I never bring up atheism, ever. But if someone tries to convert me, <laughs> now it's time for a little fun. Now, I'm not looking to convert them back immediately. No, I'm just going to throw some little mustard seeds of doubt their way. And maybe in a day or a week or a month or even years from now, those seeds will sprout and take root. And they'll say, ah, now I see things differently. And I speak from experience, folks, because there were people who did this to me. And I'm profoundly grateful to them. So don't evangelize, and you don't open up that path. You don't open up that opportunity, at least not to atheists like me. One of the worst things about growing up in a fundamentalist cult was the constant hammering. Everything was God and Christ and Christ and God and God and Jesus and, oh, God, oh, Jesus. It was just every hour of every day you got preached at. We went to five meetings a week, and we studied, oh, man, the same stuff over and over and over again. And it was supposed to be the only thing that we were interested in. I remember when I wanted to play guitar. I wanted to learn how to play guitar, and my dad said to me, well, the devil's really going after you, isn't he, son? Nothing else was allowed. No other interest could be pursued. It was torture. Now, believe it or not, I actually have some fundamentalist Christian friends. In fact, one or two that I consider good friends. We don't talk about religion. We don't talk about atheism. We talk about other things. We have other things, other interests in common, because it really only takes a couple of common interests for people to become friends. And we talk about music and cigars and politics and podcasts and computers and performing and writing and all kinds of things that are not religious because these people are well-rounded human beings. They're interesting characters and they've got something to bring to the table. But if I meet somebody who in every other sentence of every single paragraph that they speak has to talk about God and Jesus and let me know that he's saved and he's a Christian, well, I consider that an opening in here comes my little handful of mustard seeds. 
So let your kids develop some other interests. Let them become well-rounded individuals, interesting human beings, and they'll be safe from atheists like me. You see, ultimately, I consider atheism trivial. I really do. When I meet somebody for the first time, I don't say, Hi, my name's Dave. Uh, I don't believe in Santa Claus. Hi, pleased to meet you. I don't believe in Zeus. Hi, how you doing? I don't believe in Jehovah. Eh, no, no. It's, it's trivial. My disbelief in the desert God of the Bible and the Quran and the Torah is as trivial to me as my disbelief in Poseidon and Zeus and Thor. And not really a huge part of my personality. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I'm not out to convert anybody. I'm really not. Oh, yeah, it would be nice if science and reason and logic ruled people, especially people in decision-making capabilities and people in politics. But I don't think that's realistic. We're not going to see that certainly in my lifetime, probably not in my grandkids' lifetime. But I just want it to be regarded as trivial, as trivial as a disbelief in Santa Claus. And if we can get to that point, and if you religious people would back off and shut the hell up and just leave us alone and develop some personalities that involve something other than your religious beliefs, then we could not only all get along together, but you wouldn't have to be nearly as worried about your kids being converted by an evil atheist like me. And that's it for this episode of the Quick Hits Podcast. If you've learned a little something, if you've changed your mind, or even if you can just understand a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations, you've been smartinized. As usual, lots of interesting email. And as usual, I've only got time for a few of them, but uh, so please don't feel left out. Keep writing if uh, I don't get to you, because it's just I could do a whole show just of the emails. Got an interesting one here under the title of Being Smartenized from Barry. He writes, due to dealing with a death in the family and my wife's illness, it's been a few months since I listened to any podcast. The funny thing is that the word smartenize still comes up in conversations we have amongst ourselves and with our children. As we listen to the words spoken at the conventions of both political parties, we look at each other and laugh. Please consider us a part of the smartenize community and let many others join the ranks. Thanks, Barry. I do appreciate that. And I've got something that I think you're really going to like, and I was hoping to be able to announce it on this show, and it's just not ready yet. But it's another way to get smartenized. And I'm kind of excited about it. And I think it's going to be very cool. But I want to get it just right. So on the next Quick Hits podcast, I'll have an announcement. Although it's going to be available before that. So if you check the blog, if you go to DaveHit.com, spell with two T's, and hit the Quick Hits blog, sometime this week, I may have it ready. It will be a splashy announcement all over there. James Robinson writes, I'm 21 and from Seattle, Washington. I've been skeptical most of my life, but only started calling myself a skeptic after listening to the Skeptoid podcast from Brian Dunning. Honestly, I think religious beliefs are silly because of the sheer lack of science. 
but I'm not sure if atheist is the right word for what I am because I want to believe there's a God. More out of a juvenile desire to make a meaning out of chaos, just like I want to believe in Bigfoot even though all the evidence seems to point against it. Should atheists be calling themselves agnostic until they can prove there's not a God? I wish we could prove God doesn't exist so we could shut up the religious fanatics and move forward the progress of science. Then, of course, we have proven evolution over and over again, and that's just made them louder. Yours truly, Jay. Well, James, I do think we spend too much time worrying about what kind of labels we choose for ourselves. Are you an atheist? An agnostic? A strong atheist? A weak atheist? It really doesn't matter, because no matter what you call yourself, or what I call myself, True believers are going to call us filthy, godless heathens. To which I say, I'm not filthy. Unless we're talking about jokes. I used to believe in a God, and it's a great warm feeling to know with confidence that the creator of the whole entire universe likes you and your little group best. But it's like believing your favorite comic book character is madly in love with you. And religious fanatics, despite what the show I just did, they're never going to shut up. It's literally against their religion to mind their own business and leave the rest of us alone. But at least they're entertaining. Sometimes. Paul B. writes, President Hitt, you had my vote until you failed to kick back in the Oval Office with a fine cigar after a hard day's work. Especially with all those lovely ladies coming over to visit. Didn't you learn anything from Bill Clinton? Well, Paul, that was just my morning. I hadn't even gotten to the afternoon yet. One of the first things I was going to do in the afternoon was lift that ridiculous, stupid, counterproductive embargo on Cuba and then immediately order a case of Monte Cristo number twos and Cuban cohibas. The domestic cohibas are a joke. They're just a really lame cigar. Domestic Monte Cristos, they're okay. They're not bad for a mild cigar, a little too mild for my taste. But the real thing, the Cuban cohibas, and the Cuban Montes, oh man, there's just nothing like them. They're amazing. If you ever get a chance to get your mitts on one of them, it's a little slice of heaven, if I may say that as a non-believer. I've received a couple of emails from uh, people who were on Ritalin. Two or three, not a lot, but they all said the same thing. They all said, you know, uh, I was having a hard time in school. I wasn't able to pay attention. And I went on Ritalin, and it turned me around, and life was wonderful. I was able to focus. I could do much better. It was a great thing. And I haven't heard from anybody who said, you know, I was on Ritalin, and it sucked, and it was horrible, and it screwed up my whole life. So, folks, you are changing my mind on that one. You're smartenizing me on that one. Works both ways, you see. So um, I thank you. And if you have anything you want to say to me, you want to agree, you want to disagree, you want to bring up a different subject, whatever. First of all, I would suggest go to the blog. I've completely uh, redone it. It's an entirely different theme, sort of look a little different. You go to davehit.com, spell with two T's, go to the Quick Hits blog, and put some comments in there, because that's a good place to have conversation. Uh, other people can get involved with it. If you want to contact me directly, it's hitman at davehit.com. And again, you'll find that address all over the website and also in the MP3 tags of this file. And I guess that's it, folks. So there's nothing left to do except remind you that the Quick Hits podcast is little more than a journal of one man's opinion and therefore should not be taken 
too seriously.